Welcome to the family on the Tom Bernard Podcast with co-host Catherine Brant Bernard. <laughs> That's really close. It just feels weird to not hear that at the beginning of the show, so I felt I, I should know. throw it in. Dave Schrader. Andy Brant Bernard. And our special guest. Jai Hansen. A tall, handsome Scandinavian. Yes. Mr. Hansen. I think that's hilarious, by the way. We'll be right back. We're going to talk Sheriff's Department. We're talking, I think, we think that Catherine and Alex will be here. Uh, Reverend Tim's supposed to come in today, too, so we're going to, we'll have an influx of people moving mm-hmm. around. But we're going to talk about, uh, Jay and I have been talking about a bunch of people that we know in common that we think a lot of, and we'll continue that and talk about a number of things. Like, Jay and I both like law enforcement. What? Like, God, you know, keeping the peace? What a horrible idea that is. <laughs> we'll be right back right after this. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J.Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Hey folks, it's Brian Zepp, and spring is finally here. If you're like me, you're seriously ready for some wind therapy. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. Indeed, is all I have to say is indeed. We, we don't know where Catherine is. We don't know where Alex is. 
Reverend Tim's supposed to be coming in today. In their defense, Tim, uh, Tom, Tim, whatever Tim. your name is. Tim fella, Bernard. In, in, in their defense, it is raining. It is the state of Minnesota. Uh, and the minute moisture accumulates in any way, white or clear, people forget how to drive in the state. No, so there was That's traffic true. like mad to get here. Yeah, I could so see that. They may have been. Tra- I, I, I cannot understand it. How I've only lived here for 34 years of my life. Right. I know how to drive in snow and rain. Right. People that are lifelong Minnesotans, snow comes down, rain comes down, and they've got this look of wonder, like they've fallen into Oz, and they have no clue what any of this precipitation means or how to drive in it. It's 100 miles an hour? Never happened. Or 8 miles an hour. (laughs) There is no in-between. No, you're absolutely... I understand exactly what you're saying. It's just I I don't know why that is, but it's just like they've never driven in... Well... I come to this studio at mm-hmm. usually around 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.30, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, yesterday, I'm coming here on Highway 100 North. So I came, came from 60, Highway 62 straight north on Highway 100. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. The guy behind me has his brights on tailgating the piss out of me, and we're the only two people on the highway. And I'm thinking, why would you do that, Right. So instead of asking him, I just slammed on my brakes, and he was not too happy about that. He was drifting. Yeah, he was drifting. Was just, right. Is that well, what drafting. Gas, drafting. Gas prices right now, I mean. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday, and he said that he lives in, in California. Oh, God, yeah. They have a rule. You cannot buy more than $100 worth of gas. The pump will just shut off. So what, you can only get wow. two gallons of gas? <laughs> you get two oh, gallons of gas. How are you going to get home? He said literally... He could not get a full tank of gas because the pump just shuts off after it gets because it's what seven twenty five a gallon now. God, that's insane. in California. You know, and overseas wow. they're laughing at us because they've oh, been paying yeah. like three forty five mm-hmm. a I know. liter. I yeah. know that's for a liter too. Right? Yeah. yeah, a liter. And what do you need? Two and a half of those for a gallon, Andy? Uh, You're the mathematician. About four. About, about four. four. Yeah. yeah so well, been, a little less than four. About three. A little three less. Three and a half. Yeah, yeah. They've been spending nine, ten bucks a gallon anyway. Yeah. Holy. Yes, they, they have. have. Long time. Here we go. State gas price averages. Oh, and he's got it. California's at six out. bucks for the state. So, no, it's at seven bucks now. Uh, oh, for the state. You said. Yeah, okay. for the state. But it is, I think, the highest state. Yeah, it's the highest state by quite a bit, actually. You mean literally high and high? Yes, mm-hmm. both of those things. They're both highs. Even Hawaii is significantly lower. How is that possible? How do they get the the oil and gas to Hawaii at such a cheap you rate? Have to that makes no sense. Send it over on well, not cheap. It's still five forty, but well, here it's what four forty. Uh, four twenty. Four twenty. Four twenty, man. Four twenty, man. <clears throat> It's oh, a, that's it's a number you don't want to hear right now. The okay. sheriff is yeah, you sure you want to be here? <laughs> this is going to be bad for his career. I, I don't uh, know what you that know, means. I have never blazed it even once. Let's talk law enforcement. One of my favorite topics, as uh, people probably know, maybe some people don't know, but I am very pro cop. Always have been. I've never been arrested. I was, you know, I've been pulled over and given a ticket a couple of times, but that's only been like two, three times in my life too. Um, <clears throat> The only time ever I remember on Penn Avenue North, right by St. Anne's School, Penn, Penn and uh, 26th, a friend of mine, he had just gotten back from Vietnam, so we're up all night schwealing, and we're, I was a teenager still, so I shouldn't be doing that, but <clears throat> we're walking down there. I think there's a statute of limitations yeah, was, on that. Just double-checking on that. Be. So it's like... I'll look into that. It's, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Okay. Uh, it's about 4.30 in the morning in the summertime, so the sun, it's bright enough, you know, it's not bright, but it's bright enough. 
and a cop car comes by, and he just rolls his window and goes, what are you boys doing? And my friend mouthed off to the cop, and I'm like, oh, God. So St. Anne's has these alcove doors. Mm-hmm. You have to go through an alcove to get through the door. So they took each one of us into a different alcove, and I'm listening, and it doesn't sound like he's doing too well down in his alcove, if you know what I mean. So telling the cop none of your business was not a good plan. But the sergeant comes over because it's right behind the old 4th Precinct there, right on West Broadway. Um, <laughs> the sergeant comes over and he goes, what's your name? I said, Tom. He goes, Tom, you got an option here. You can either go home and behave or we're just going to beat the piss out of you. Which one would you like? And I said, well, I only live a couple of blocks away, so I think maybe <laughs> I'd like to head to the house. I have never... Ne- Never been arrested. So first of all, if I had ever been arrested, my mother would have started crying and I would have to hang myself. My mother was really good at crying just at the right times to make you feel really bad. Catholic guilt? Catholic, yeah, a little Catholic guilt. That's exactly now, I'm right. I'm not Catholic and I've used that on my children. <laughs> so. Yeah, there you go. But I am. I'm very pro-law enforcement. My, my mother's cousin, my I guess he'd be my third cousin, second or third cousin, Lamont Dean was a detective on the Minneapolis Police Department. Quick, quick Lamont story. You'll like this one. So he's coming home. He used to live out in Brooklyn Center. He's coming down 7th where it hits Plymouth Avenue, turns into Emerson, right there by Mickey's Liquors, right? And so he's, you know, plain clothes because he's a detective, right? So he stopped at the light on, on Plymouth Avenue and Emerson just coming off of 7, and a guy opens the passenger door and gets in. And Lamont looks at him and goes, what, what are you doing? He goes, you're just going to take me somewhere. And Lamont goes, how else may I help you? <laughs> As he put his gun up to the guy's head. The guy didn't stay in the car much longer. No? Let me just put it that way. But I, um, cops in my life, I'm not making this up. Cops in my life have always been extremely helpful. Mm-hmm. When I needed help, cops were always there to help me, no question about it. I've never had a bad time with, with police officers. You want to be a dink, you're gonna, it ain't going to work. You know, I don't know why, why can't people understand that? Well, it's just a different era now. I mean, I think, yeah. I think what's, what's going on with our politicians, what's going on with you know, the community as far as the respect for law enforcement yeah. is, is just not there right now. Uh, and I appreciate your, your being so supportive of law enforcement. And including with that, it means uh, holding police accountable. And, and that's, yeah, that's part agree. of it too, right? I mean, yep. you've done both. You, you've done it on both sides. But that doesn't mean you're anti-public safety or law enforcement oh. or pro-police. Right. I mean, uh, they go hand in hand, and, and I've always appreciated that. I do agree. Now, you're running for sheriff. I'm running for sheriff of Hennepin County. Yep, Sheriff of Hennepin County. Where's your jacket? Did you get it yet? <laughs> <laughs> I love the Hennepin County, the, the sheriff jackets. Those are all. Those are cool looking jackets, I think. But so um, things are looking good, from what I understand. Things are looking good. We're in the filing period right now. That ends May 31st. Um, right now, there have been uh, um, a DFL candidate that's. Uh, Filed, and then also, uh, I am running as an independent. I think public safety is it needs to be nonpartisan. We I don't agree. Yep. we don't ask if uh, if you're a Republican or a Democrat mm-hmm. when you call nine one one. And I truly feel that when when we're um, if we're gonna fix this, it's gonna be somebody that's not aligned with 
either political party to do that. I do uh, agree. So uh, that's why I'm very adamant about being independent and running for public safety. No, so there is no Republican candidate. There is not a Republican I candidate. I didn't think so. There is a Democrat. Though. Well, there is now. Prepare to go to war, Jai. I'm stepping in. <laughs> Does it matter that I live in Dakota County? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That might well, be a problem. <laughs> he goes, well, well. Okay, so we don't think Tim is coming in studio. Why not? I don't. The wires got crossed, it appears. Yeah, they oh, sure yeah, did. Maybe. So the number that Mom gave Cassie was Jai's number, but she thought it was Tim's number. Oh, <laughs> God. So do you, I know do it's you, a black guy. <laughs> do you know Catherine. Tim's number? Uh, I who, don't have Who would have it? Because we've had him in studio, so someone's contacted him. Uh, it's not on the list here, so let me look at my phone. Cassie will look it up. Well, I mean, it's not like we're going to call him in at this time, last minute, right? We could. No, but we, well, well, he can get I mean, the, the thing too. says he might stay on both hours, so he's got plenty well, of time. Well, if he wants to come in, he's more than welcome to come in. Are Mom and Alex coming in? Oh, you've got it. Oh, well, look at that. Yeah, look I can give him a call you. and see if he wants to. That's uh, hilarious that Catherine gave your number. <laughs> well, I mean, I can, I can speak on behalf of Reverend Christopher if you yes, would like you me to do yes, that. I have a lot that I would like to say that I can't he say catches, as a politician. He catches, he catches a lot of heat because of his, his opinions, which I, admi- I really admire Tim for that. Thank you. You know, that's why um, I, I'm very happy to have his support. I think oh, uh, yeah, he, yeah. He, he just he's a shoot straighter. Or, Straight shooter. Straight shooter. <laughs> Shoot straighter. I like that. I was going to vote for you, yeah. but no. Words is hard. <laughs> Words, Words is hard. Is hard. <laughs> so that's yeah. why we align on a, a lot of our views. God, I, I want to thank you and Tim personally because I have something for the next 10 years. See, are you sure you got the right black guy, Catherine? <laughs> oh, it's going to be phenomenal. Oh, for the next 10 years, baby. He's going to hear about this one. I tried to do it all covertly. Please leave your message. Oh, yeah. Doesn't seem like he's going to be uh, how answering. Do you, oh, how do you bad. get over with the way that law enforcement is looked at around the world, even if you're kind of if you're not on one side of the, the pillar or the other? How do you win people back in this? How do you get uh, an even playing field for law enforcement to have people feel secure again? Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to support our law enforcement. Mm-hmm. We're losing people by the numbers daily. Sure. Uh, we have people that are on five years, six years, seven years that that should be in the prime of their career that are leaving. Mm-hmm. And, and we are going to be in the same cycle over and over again of having uh, people in law enforcement that should not be in law enforcement if we don't figure this out. Mm-hmm. So let, let's have uh, leadership. Uh, for me, as the chief law enforcement officer of the of the county, if, if I get elected, uh, supporting our cops, and and that's number one. Number two, getting people on, on board with that is we need to start enforcing the the laws that we have on the book right now. Love it. We, we need to get crime under control. If we can get crime under control, I think people are going to start understanding that yes, we need the cops. We can also get the reform done at the same time. I just don't want a political knee-jerk reform. Yeah, I love that. I really do. I, I just there over the years, and I, yeah, hopefully he's not a friend of yours, but I don't think he probably would be. But I remember looking back 35 years ago when when Tony Boza was the chief of police in Minneapolis. Right. One of the most insincere human beings I've ever talked to. I did not like him at all. He was, he just aligned himself with a political party and just, just he, 
He lockstep with everybody else. He did not do his job as the police chief. Because you serve everybody if you're the police chief. That's correct. And, it, you know, you, you talk to uh, the current sheriff right now, Dave Hutchinson. Uh, he He is uh, somebody who I think would admit uh, being lockstep with a political party hindered his response to certain things yeah. that needed a public safety response. I think he would be comfortable saying that. Uh, and we're not going to get out of this. We're not going to get out of this cycle. We're in the biggest crime wave of the history of our state. Yeah. There is no way that this is going to be uh, fixed by somebody having to get approval by a political party. And uh, I love that. this is, it's not, it's just not going to change. Is it kind of weird that there's not a Republican candidate because Republicans tend to be quite fond of law enforcement, aren't they? Or yeah. is it not so much anymore? No, I, I think so. I, th- I think uh, when if, if we're talking about political parties, yeah, I, I mean, uh, the the GOP has been more supportive of law enforcement. That's the feeling that I get. Uh, but but for me, not not seeking a political uh, endorsement from the GOP right. or DFL. Because I really do align with both. I mean, I, I, when it comes to public safety, we need to we need to hold criminals accountable. These aren't these aren't far far off ideas that we need to do. Um, but with the DFL, uh, there there's certain things, aspects as as far as reform or as far as uh, giving resources to people to help with their with their transition back into um, uh, you know civilian life from from being. Uh, incarcerated, I'm all for. So we can have both of those, and that's the great thing about being an independent, that you can take ideas from both sides that you like mm-hmm. and run with it, and you don't have to say, oh, I can't I can't do that because I'm aligned with the party. Does it yeah. speak to the fact of just how bad this job is? And I don't mean that in, in a way to put down what you're going for, but how bad it is that people are like, I'm not running. There's I no could never do it. I, for that that job. I, I, I get that question a lot. Why are you doing this? Why do you want to... Why do you want to... Um, put up with the stress of, of this job but we for me in seeing my friends that have left this profession we have been uh, the tip of the sword for too long and there has been nobody that has been stepping up to say uh, we're not going to tolerate this anymore mm-hmm. it's more than just the police we have a judicial system that needs to be held accountable and right. we have uh, our legislators that that are uh, passing laws and reform that hinder police to do their job at the same time. And it's knee-jerk reform. And we are not far off on, on certain issues. And um, those are the, the, the ideas that I want to get out there and say, hey, we can, we can whether it's no-knock warrants, which we talked about last time, mm-hmm. or um, uh, reform on, on other aspects of it, we can all sit at the table and get that done, but it needs to be done in a, a bipartisan effort. I think that makes total sense, honestly. I, I, you got to bring everybody together. I think, and how you can tell me that I'm wrong, or Dave, Andy, but this uh, thing that just went on in, uh, what is it, Uvalde? No, Texas yesterday. Yeah, Texas. Yeah. Um, if you feared law enforcement, you would never do something like that. But nobody fears law enforcement, which I think it's a healthy fear, actually. You should fear law enforcement. You want to break the rules, you're going to have to pay for it. Right. I mean that kind of fear, not I'm just terrified of you for who you are. But, hey, if I get out of line, I'm going to have to pay the price. 
We need to get that that message back to young people in America. They think they can do whatever the hell they want. This now. is true. Well, and they can. That's the and thing. they can. That's the whole problem. I mean, that that judge the other day to let the kid off that uh, had a long history of violence. He shot somebody. And she let him walk. Yep. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I, I just want to point out something quick about yesterday. Um, and this is why oh, we yeah. need we need yeah. the police. You look who ran towards the shooting. You look who oh, yeah. helped. You, yep. ha- you have law enforcement. You have EMS. You have fire. You have even dispatchers that uh, that oftentimes take these calls and, and then just have somebody else run with them. But it really affects them. Everybody that's a part of this, we, we need the whole... Um, public safety system. We need to have police when something happens like this, and they run into the building. Um, they they were there to to help. It's just a vile situation that happened there. Um, but we need we need law enforcement. And, and you look at the federal level. We had a lot of border patrol agents that responded to that school as well. Yeah. So that's why you need to have a good working relationship with the federal. Uh, agencies, whether that's the FBI or ICE. I mean, we, we, we need to have that uh, uh, collaboration on, on the federal level. Have we really, I have heard this on several fronts, we've released criminals, terrorists into the country knowing that they had committed acts of terrorism in the Middle East. Did you hear about this? I, I heard a little bit about this, yes. God, what are we doing? This guy's a terrorist, and they just let him come into America. Oh, yeah, come on in. As long as you vote the right way, apparently, and come in. Well, if you go to my website, Jai for Sheriff, um, you can see on there I have a, a immigration policy that I would have as far as we will be working with ICE because you need to have those yeah. federal relationships. Yeah. And and one and I don't say that in a, in a way of being a bully, but what, what I mean by that is saying that – I got to give a little back back history here. I, I'm adopted from India. I have a brother-in-law that's adopted from or that's from Venezuela. I have a brother-in-law from Mexico. My other brother is adopted from Texas, African American. And uh, when you get our whole family together, it looks like uh, the United Nations, quite honestly. <laughs> yeah. But what? Lots of yelling at one another. Yeah. Lots, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Misunderstanding. Nothing. Yeah. But my sister works for the Department of Defense as an asylum hearing oh, officer yeah. in Miami. She handles all of the, mm. the those cases, cartel cases in, in Miami, and and uh, I and she leans pretty left of where I am, and uh, I. I I sent her my policy, and I said, what do you think about this? And I want to do this in the most humane way possible. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you need to work with ICE. You need to work with the federal agencies to get this done. If you don't do that, then what happens is ICE will come into the courtrooms and start arresting people. ICE will go out into the community and start arresting people. And then you start start, uh, getting um, innocent people involved in that that really shouldn't have... Uh, any kind of relationship with ICE, so that's why we will work with them. Is your sister Spanish? No, she's uh, she's uh, um, white. Is he the only reason? I don't know. They have to fight to find a word. What's the what proper honky? Term? Yeah. I think she's a honky. That's what it is. No, the reason I ask that is because you know Miami now is eighty to eighty-five percent Spanish. Yeah. People don't know that. Yeah, Miami is almost all Spanish people now. So I just thought, because you, know, you mentioned that one of your siblings is Spanish. Yeah, well, I, I, I know personally from driving in Miami, it feels like a, 
third world country when you're driving. Oh, it the... can. Miami's not a nice place anymore. <laughs> well, there are parts of it still. Well, yeah, it depends. Joe's Crab, that's still a good part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it always will be, as far as I'm concerned. Well, the problem is just so corrupt, like every city. Yeah, that's like every city in America, pretty mm-hmm. much. What about corruption? Why, Why? I mean, over the years, you look at these places, and, and it just... Everybody just wants to live their life. I want to go to work. I want to get my paycheck. I want to put it in the bank. And I want to go home and hang out and have dinner and watch TV. But there are just other people out there. Look, I, I, I want to run this by you guys, all three of you. All the stuff that's going on right now is all money grab. All of this is just a huge money grab. Like, if I were black in America today, I would not be happy. Because you're using me to make money? Really? That pisses me off. You know, it's like, oh, the black people need, oh, we need to help them, and we get. You're only, you're trying to make money. Yeah, give me a dollar, and I'll give one cent of it to the black community. Yeah, exactly. The rest will go toward my mortgage. <laughs> I'm not a fan of well, that. Well, it's all about the narrative. You t- you guys talked about it yesterday about uh, by the southern border, and and a lot of those people that live down there right now are very mm. conservative. Oh yeah, and because yeah. that is because they are seeing what is happening in those communities. Yep. If you go. On the same level, if you go to North Minneapolis or some of these areas in our in our state where um, they they've had just insane violence, they will say the same thing. They want the National Guard. They want more police. Yeah. None of these yep. people are saying uh, the narrative of what the media is pushing. Defund the defund police. The police. And They're down. not mm-hmm. saying yeah. that, but uh, the media is not willing to to report on that. Well, defund know, the, the police was almost exclusively. Very, very young people who don't really know what they're saying. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. Because anyone over the age of probably 30 or 40 was like, unless they wanted to get elected, of course. Then they'd say they support it. But yeah, yeah, all of the people that they interviewed, they go into the city and, you know, all the older people, uh, none of them were for it. It was all the young people who just basically don't want to be told what to do. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I mean, gonna... Young people are stupid. No, it's not amazing. But that hasn't changed. I mean, that's the way it's yeah. been 60s, 70s, yep. 80s. You know, the, the young generation wants to be the one, the next one to lead and be more woke and more aware. And, you know, when you were talking about corruption of, over the years of doing true crime shows, talking to a lot of police and asking them, well, how does, how does this corruption, how do, how do things like this even begin? And a lot of them are like, it's our survival method. Yeah. You know, where you look at it as I just took a couple bucks from a dealer to, to not shut them down. I looked at it as though I just got paid what I'm not getting paid to protect the, you know, the community. Yeah. And I don't have to worry about this guy coming up and shooting me someday or taking out my family. Um, you know, it, it gets into a really, I, I can't, I, I completely respect law. Uh, authority and, and officials, and that's got to be the toughest, one of the toughest jobs in the world right now, because what is the right move? You you have to do what you have to do to protect people. If you do things too aggressively, you get crushed. If, you, if you're not aggressive enough, the police force is weak and corrupt and letting this go by. There, law enforcement seems like truly one of the no-win jobs ever created and i'm not saying you go beat the hell out of people to to get the point across but like you said about having a healthy fear and respect yeah that's yeah. why kids are such assholes i because agree we're not allowed as parents we're not yep. allowed to punish our children uh it doesn't mean you have to take the belt to them and beat them into submission my dad hit me a number of times growing up but it was never upset you know uh, overboard or anything like that but i had a healthy fear i did not want that old man to hit me again right. and you know what there's a that's an important lesson you learn if i do this 
I'm going to get this taken away. If I do that, I'm going to get the shit kicked out of me. And I don't want that. And people just don't have that. When your kids, when your 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old kids can look you in the eye and go, and what are you going to do about it? Because I'll just go to school and tell my teacher that you hit me. And they do. And then you've got knocking on the door to come interview you and talk to you about it. that sound effect again? Yeah. A hell of a sound effect. Pretty good, huh? Right out of my throat, too. Sounded like a door knock to me. Well, that's kind of scary, right? I mean, and so we're seeing that this is getting worse instead of better. And then everybody's, because there's such a um, lack of authority in kids' lives now, Mm -hmm. and and these teenagers and young 20 year olds, and I'm not saying they're all bad. Don't get pissed off at me out there if you're listening. Obviously, there's good people, but for the most part, I've got to guess this has got to be one of the most morally corrupt generations because they have no concept of repercussions for their actions i remember bringing home a 14 year old kid that was out till probably three o'clock in the morning causing some problems and and um gave him a ride back to the suburbs in in a very nice area and his mom and stepdad are there and they answer the door they're not happy and they're yelling at him and the kid says to mom shut up mom and calls her a name right oh. right in her face. And stepdad moves the mom out of the way and slaps the kid. Says, don't ever talk to your mom that way again. That was the end of it. I go back to work. That following Monday, I get called in and saying there has been um, a social uh, worker opened a case on this father oh, yeah. for hitting the kid. And I have to testify now. And... I testified saying um, the parents responded the way that you would expect parents to respond when their 14-year-old son is being driven home by the police at 3 o'clock right, in the morning. Right. And then blowing up at the parent like it's their fault. Correct. How did that go then? It, it was, I know you can't speak it was, specifically. Yeah, it, well, but. It, was, it was handled fine. It, the, the decision was the right decision that was made. But mm-hmm. it just shows you, uh, you know, some of the entitlement that has come with the community. Uh, I will say this a little bit differently now. Like if you go in certain areas of Minneapolis, like the uptown areas or by the U of M or things where it's uh, predominantly younger people, uh, what you'll see with them is they might want to change the world and they, they, they will say we need to do this and that, that I might not necessarily agree on or not support the police. But the difference now is they're getting carjacked. They're getting mugged. Mm -hmm. They're getting mugged going from the bar. They're getting their cell phone taken. So this is where we can thread that needle with them and say, look, we do need reform. However, I want you to feel safe on a Friday night when you're going out with your friends. Mm -hmm. That is amazing. There's no doubt about it. You know, we do have to take a break here in a second, but you just... When I watch the news again, and I have to watch the news for my job, it's just how things go... But I see all this strife, and everybody hates everybody, and oh my God, this is just horrible, and blah blah blah. And then you, you know, you do a lot of reading about the world population, and the United States still looks really good compared to just about everywhere else. You know, um, all these people and everything—they they can't get along, and this can't. And all. It's like it, that's not been my life at all. I think you and I talked about a couple of years ago before COVID, actually. I got a call from a reverend over in North Minneapolis on 12th and Logan, and she asked if I would come over to one of their services, right? So I go over there, and it's a, it's a black church over in North Minneapolis. I was one of, I think, three white people there, and 
two of the other white people were homeless and they were feeding them, which I thought was very cool. And so I sat through the service and it was really, really nice. One of the one of the white guys looked like he had a very severe drinking problem. You know, they just have that look. And they they wanted to know if he would like to, you know, come up and and you know, just listen to a prayer. And he uh, he started crying like a little baby. And they went over and helped him up and it was just it was this wonderful thing. So the service is over and we're all gonna walk out and you know, the the uh, the minister and you know, everybody from the church left first, and then all the parishioners left after that. Every single person in that building hugged me as I was leaving. All of them. The people who were there for the service, the, the minister, everybody gave me a hug and said, thank you so much for coming. You know what it means to us, Tom, that you would come to our service? It was the, meant the world to them. That's what the real world is. See, I wish people would look at the real world instead of this fake news crap, you know? Pushing that narrative, you go yeah. go to the Cub Foods on, in North Minneapolis and walk around and talk to people. They they're very welcoming. Yeah, I mean, they it, are. Absolutely. They just don't want to get shot walking down the street anymore. It's a good well. That's Kitty Corner from where my mother used to work on Merwin Drugs, right there on, on West Broadway. <clears throat> you know, I, I, that's the neighborhood. Well, I grew up in every neighborhood in North Minneapolis, so, you know, that's kind of how that is. But I, I really want to get the message through to people that all that hatred you see on the news, I don't know where they come up with that. they got to be looking for it because I do not experience that. Do you? No. I. We're in a situation right now where the, the most vulnerable people in our, in our societies are the ones that are hurting from this political back and forth. I agree. And, uh, and this, it's, it's just... It's just very disappointing that that's happening, and that's not what I'm I'm seeing or feeling when I'm on the streets and talking to people. Don't you think it's a good thing? I mean, people listening to this show right now, they're hearing your voice, the way you, you know, your demeanor, the way you handle yourself. Don't you think you, you make people feel very comfortable? Well, I would hope so. I mean, do, I, yeah. I think I think looking back on it and being a 21-year-old police officer going to domestics with uh, 40, 50-year-old uh, you know, people that have been married for 30 years and as a 21-year-old cop telling them, well, hey, this is what you should do tonight or, you know, maybe go to a friend's house or try to talk through, you know, marriage counseling with them. Uh, you have to you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. You, have to, you have to earn their respect pretty fast. Makes sense. We've got to take a very quick break here. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. I love this discussion. It might actually make people feel better about life instead of worse. You know, that's great. We'll be right back. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for this year, Dan? My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Outside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped. What about financing options? Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit. Ask for details when you visit the store. Alumacraft Fishing Boats, Premier, Avalon, and Manitou Pontoons, all powered by Suzuki Outboards, are in stock now with new boats arriving daily. Dan Southside Marine is located just six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington, or shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. 
Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they were referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike, and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Dave's with us. Andy's with us. None of the women are here today. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Apparently, it was Sage's graduation today. Oh, that's right. That's where she is. Yeah, Sage graduated from kindergarten today or preschool or whatever that thing is. Well, you should meet this kid. God. Uh, He's three years old. And he refers to his grandfather, me. He calls me Bop Bop. But, well, actually, his, his older sister named me Bop Bop. She was the first one to call me that. And now Sage has decided that Bop Bop wasn't enough, so now my name for him is Poopy Bop Bop. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Really appreciate it. <laughs> See, this is where we start teaching responsibility and that there are repercussions for your actions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'll kick him right in the butt. There <laughs> that's you right. Go. Just give him the boot right in the butt. Um, we're just talking quite a bit. Jai with us here. We got Dave with us here. Andy's with us here. And, and we're just talking about living in a real world, a world that's not about I'm a victim and you're picking on me and I'm deeply hurt. And it's like, can we get past that? Ever? What do you guys think? If I could say one thing, I think this goes above law enforcement. This goes to the fact yeah, that we can't keep letting people suck off the teat of, of society for nothing. Yeah, I think that if you're going to get uh, certain uh, help, you are going to, I hate the word force, but I don't know what other word to use. You, you have to take classes. You have to take uh, training in some kind of something so that you're adding to society instead of just completely draining it. Mm-hmm. There's got to be ways that this could happen. Once we start to empower people and you start to show people how they can make it, and and a lot of people just feel broken, like, I don't know what I'm going to ever do to get out of this. I can't get, I don't have money to go to this. I don't have money to do that. You don't understand. Once people start getting a training for some kind of career, some kind of responsibility, I think it's going to, I think it makes people step up to it instead of hide from it there's do you remember making your first paycheck as a kid oh yeah you know that first day i got 
eight bucks because I delivered papers for two weeks. I was yeah. like, mm-hmm, big roller here, right? <laughs> eight bucks. But I was there was yeah. there was a sense of accomplishment of making. And how many times have you been down and out on your luck? And God, I could ask for a hundred bucks for my old man just so I can get through this week in groceries, you know? And it feels soul crushing. And you get to that point where you hit that rock bottom and you just don't feel like you can get out. Well, if you're gonna if you're if you're going to continue to utilize the funds that the state has, you have to take courses. You have to do this. You have to start becoming a, a, an active, working, supportive society. So they're not forced into feeling like crime is the only option. Right. Uh, drug dealing is the only option because it's something you can do very part time and make a hell of a lot of money. Right. You can. A lot of these crimes might start to subside if we start showing proactively how to fix this instead of, well, let's defund the law enforcement. Let's take away things that teach people responsibility. Let's do this. Everybody needs to be hold, held accountable from the person mm-hmm. uh, you know, involved in the crime to the people that are prosecuting those crimes. And law, starting with the police, going through, as you said, the judicial system, lawyers, there has to be a different level of responsibility held to their feet, too, that it's not just about winning a case. It's about getting justice mm-hmm. it's truly about if, if you're the defense and i'm a prosecutor and i know tom bernard's innocent and i just have to point at only the points that make him look guilty that is the most fucked up yeah. thing i've ever heard it's in my life awful system. i'm gonna leave all this stuff out because that would exonerate him mm-hmm. but let's talk if we just if we knew we could go to court if we knew we could get a fair shake in a lot of ways i think people would feel better about doing the right thing they would and then the ones that got caught realized i'm gonna get caught i'm gonna you know then there's a a pay the price kind of value but when judges and people that need votes and are are in office and they're like this is my community uh, i'm gonna let him off today for for this you know because oh he's he's living in this environment and he's a victim and it no Put him in jail. Make him learn something. Right. Yeah. Become, you know, become part of this. This is where we stop. You got to cut the head off and keep moving it through. And and I and I'm not pointing at one culture over another. There are just as many asshole race in every version. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there's nobody that's that's clean of this. It just needs. To, everybody needs to change. And all these bleeding heart pricks that are out there in their Birkenstocks and sipping their chai tea, <laughs> talking about how the hey, world needs to change. Good. How about you get your dumb, lazy asses into the back of a cop car during a real deal, sign a waiver that you may get killed tonight, <clears throat> yeah. because now you know what it's like for that cop to go out there. Right. And before you do this and you see them exchanging gunfire and going up to the door and politely trying to talk and having somebody pull a gun or a knife, I want to know then, you little hippy-dippy bastard, how are you going to deal with it? Instead of sitting there, well, we need to just show more love and peace. Well, yeah. unfortunately, that's not what the criminals are here to do. They're going right. to shoot you, kill you, and hurt right. you. And sometimes you have a split second to make a decision. And I watch people uh, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, you know, uh, affluent people that make really stupid decisions in one second mm-hmm. at the wrong moment. And but the problem is, is that repercussion doesn't come back to haunt them for the rest of their life. No, no that's true. Well, if and, I may somehow become <laughs> even more cynical, uh, you talked about... You Impossible! Know, you, Impossible! You talk about how, you know, people who get benefits should, like, have to learn a skill or something like that, which mm-hmm. I agree with. But if you think about it, an isolated, hopeless person is ripe for someone to swoop in and say, you know, yeah, if you yeah. put me in power, I can take you out of this hopeless situation. You just need to give me your votes and give me your support. Mm-hmm. So people like that wouldn't want anyone to get out of their helplessness because they're easy to manipulate. It's yeah. the cult mentality. Yep. 
It's the same cycle. And one reason I'm running, in the last few years, we have seen our criminal justice system turn to protecting the defendants instead of the victims. Mm -hmm. We've lost our way. Mm -hmm. And we have so many people that are getting traumatized that have no voice anymore. And it's about the defendants and the revolving door and getting them back out there and doing all this. And you talked about... uh, you know, giving them resources. I'm all for giving resources, but we need to have checks and balances. Right. And that's on the state and the counties. The Hennepin County budget is $2.4 billion. B and with a B? B with a B. You said million or billion. Yeah. That sounds so <laughs> close. Trillion dollars. And, and the thing with that is, you know, when we, we are, you know, funding parks and, and making uh, renovations to to playgrounds for $300,000 and we're more concerned about that because it's a feel-good thing, but we aren't as concerned about the kids that are getting shot on those playgrounds. We have an issue Mm -hmm. and uh, we need to hold people accountable and hold our electeds accountable and have have a voice here and say uh, no, we're not going to be doing this anymore. I got got hit hard the other day because I I made a post about uh, we have a sheriff's office that focuses more on life jacket giveaways and teaching haikus in the jail when we have 35 uh, murders in Minneapolis right now and crimes through the roof. All I, those are great programs. But all I am saying is you are a law enforcement agency, and what I want to do is I want to say how we are going to stop the crime. Mm-hmm. Not teaching poems to people that are incarcerated. That brings about peace, man. That's where change begins with peace, John. Well, and then you have have a county commissioner that's that's getting jackets for, uh, life jackets for his kid. He makes $120,000 a year. Make sure those life jackets that are free go to a family that really yeah, needs them. Yeah, exactly. And so the, that is my point. He of, is. The affluent white people need them because the black people can't afford to be out on the boats. Come on. <laughs> yeah, there you Shy, go. pay attention. That, that is my point. I mean, th- right. these are all good programs, but let's have some checks and balances there. Accountability. And let's, let's have accountability and let's not lose sight. Public safety is making sure people are safe and we're protecting the victims. What, so if you've got $300,000... That's going to go into fixing up a park. And if I go around to that community and I say, we have a budget to fix this park. How about if we do this? How about we're going to pay every one of you $200 to come out and help us redo this park. So you're going to make some money. You're going to come out. Now you're going to have pride and feel like you own a part of this. You're a part of doing this. You can save the the city probably $250,000 doing that yeah. and get in a good good uh, um park that could be rebuilt remade done up properly and then the pride shouldn't be in look at me the politician who built it it should be in the people that are living there their pride and you know what when they put effort and time into building something and making something they're going to be the ones that are going to be saying hey hey don't bring your drugs and shit into this area don't bring your gun get out of here go because then they have a stop otherwise it's like oh good what they do for us they built us a park we're still starving we're still no security. We've still got shootings in the park. Yeah, we can't go so you've just given a much dangerous. better place for people to get killed. Mm-hmm. Right now we have politicians that are, what can I run on every four oh, years? Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, I can run on, we gave money to this. We gave yeah, You just dangle resources. a carrot in front of them. And, then... and, and that's to your point where you're saying, you know, the vulnerable people that say, you know, you have a politician that comes in front of them and says, oh, we can give you this, this, and this, mm-hmm. and we can help you. Well, it's been doing that. For decades and decades, right. and it hasn't changed anything. 
Uh, so let's really get some focus here. And well, you br- bring up the fact, though, Andy, that as a politician, if you're broken and I make you promises I can get your vote, I don't want you to ever step up. But if I actually, instead of giving you a fish, teach you to fish, aren't you going to have more respect for the guy that stood up and helped you get out of the situation you're in instead of placating you, allowing you to maintain that horrible position in life? You would think, but that's not how humans seem to be wired. Yeah. Getting We're a lazy stuff culture. Is, yeah. Well, I mean, I think they're just humans everywhere pretty much. Mm-hmm. Right now is what matters. So if you give me $100 now, I'd rather have that than giving me $1,000 next week because I want it now. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's... It's MTV's fault. Yep. I agree. I want it now. The now generation? It's a big job, Jai. Geez, you get got a lot of work at it because you've got to think... You're playing like a multi-layered version of chess. It's not just one board. You've got eight boards going mm-hmm. with eight different experts fighting against you. You've got to try to figure out how to do that. I give you a lot of credit because that's not a job most people should or want. Well, we have to fight back. Mm-hmm. We have to We have to uh, hold people accountable. This is not a concept that, that should be so out, out there right now. We have a revolving door in our criminal justice system. We have nobody that's stepping up and saying we need to hold people accountable. We have carjackings, homicides, violence just through the roof. Uh, And it's, to me, it just blows my mind that not more people are stepping up to do something. We have an opportunity here in November uh, to start electing people that can uh, have a fresh view on what's going on and not the same people that have held office. And I, I truly encourage people to look at the people that are running as independents. What's the uh, what's voting day this year? The November voting day. November eighth. It's the eighth. Yep. Damn it! I missed my birthday by one day. I was going to say, if it's on my birthday, you're an automatic winner. <laughs> November seventh. Damn it! It was close. Yeah. So things are looking really good for you. Things are looking good. We got to keep on plugging away. I encourage. I, I do a lot of. Um, out in the public right now so if if you want to meet with me I, I pride myself on answering social media messages yeah. if you want a phone call i'll give you a call let's talk let's let's sit down for coffee it's not gonna if you think a politician is gonna change all of this crime uh i'm sorry to burst your bubble but it's gonna take all of us to yes. to, to do this together harsher punishments why can't there be if if you know right in some of these other countries you steal you lose a hand yeah. You know, and I'm not saying that we need to get to that level of brutality, but you do this. Why isn't it? You know, if I'm driving on the highway and there's orange cones and there's a sign that says fines triple in this area, I know what I'm doing. Twice, and if yeah. I take that yeah. risk of going a little faster than I should and I get pulled over, you know, if if you hit a worker in this area, it's a $100,000 fine. And that's right up. I know exactly. You carjack in the city of Minneapolis and it is a $100,000 fine. 20 years in prison, there is no leniency. If we catch you doing it, you're fucked and live with it. Yeah, I bet we could get that under control pretty damn fast. Oh, yeah. Once people so. realize, they look at the menu, oh, let's see, I want the Big Mac. Ooh, that's six ninety nine, right? Huh, I want a carjack today. Ooh, 20 years and $100,000. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Maybe I'll just go hang out in front of Kmart, right? I don't know. What, what else would you do? It gives you that option. You know, you're going to have people that are going to still do it. But once people know the, the defining line, of exactly what the punishment is for the crime, right. I would think that would make life a lot easier, right, for everybody. Yeah, right. So there's no second guessing. Yeah. Why isn't there just a hard and fast rule? Well, yeah, but this guy, you know, his father was shot last year, and he's living with his grandma, and he, we got to 
sorry, man, you shouldn't have fucking stolen a car. I don't care who you are, you know, white, black, yellow, green, purple, checkmark, whatever. There's still crimes. And, and this is the way you curb it. You tell people this is the defining line. This oh, is we what can draws have, We can have right. resources for them. We can, yeah. If they want to turn their life around, mm-hmm. let's give them the resources to do that. Right. However, they will pay for victimizing right. our communities. I right. love it. I absolutely love it. Well, there are crimes that are just inexcusable in any situation, of course. Right. It's like, you know, there's a lot of talk about, oh, they needed to steal to feed their family or they needed to deal drugs to feed their family. And that may be true, but you're also making excuses for rapists and murderers, which, you know, you don't really need to rape anyone to feed your family. So why are we excusing these people? Oh, but Andy, they were molested as children. So, you know, they're broken. Well, then they should go to jail and learn to become unbroken and get therapy and get taken care of. Not out on the road where they can continually be a John Wayne Gacy or a Richard Speck or a Ted Bundy. And, you know, you you break that will. And if they can't be fixed, you don't let them out. That's the plain and simple rule of it. And that's not inhumane. Because I will guarantee you there are a lot of families that think it was inhumane to have let Gacy live on the outside for another year while they were still investigating. Right. Right? So it's it's in those points you've got to just – I think it's just so – everybody's so foggy. And people – I think people are good. People want to help. I don't think people know what to do. Listen, right. I don't live far outside Hennepin. I would love to know what I could do to help. What can I do as a middle-class white guy but not – want to be fearful of losing my life if I go down there and try to help. What can what can we do? Well, this is a state issue. This is not just right. a Hennepin County. We need Minneapolis and St. Paul and our metro area to succeed mm-hmm. if we want our state to succeed. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, St. Cloud's not doing great. Duluth's not doing great. They're not in Hennepin County. Right. And so, they have different issues. Every city has a different constellation of yeah, issues that but, ultimately boil down to state policy. Right. So we, we I mean... It's one of those things, electing people in office that go to St. Paul, to our capital, to make sure we have the right uh, leaders in place that can get legislation passed, Mm -hmm. that help our law enforcement, that help our communities. So if you don't live in Hennepin County, but you've thought, oh, I wanted to go to a Twins game or or a Vikings game or whatever downtown, and you said, nope, I'm not going to do it because it's too unsafe, it's time to get involved. Mm -hmm. And it's time to... Uh, support the people that will make your community safer or make Hennepin County safer. And I think I'm the candidate for Hennepin County Sheriff that could do that. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Well, this one, one more thing. Yes. Officer Dave says he has new respect for Dave. However, I think he was talking about himself. So <laughs> <laughs> He caught himself in the mirror and he's yeah. like, man, I respect right. that guy. you got to meet Officer Dave someday. 6'4", about to, yeah. 315 pounds of solid muscle. <laughs> that guy's just, I mean, coming through that door, well, Dave was terrified the first time he ever saw him. All right, this next one's for Catherine. Reverend Tim, thanks for being with us. <laughs> That's the yeah, only time I will be called a reverend in my life. I'm yeah, there sure. you go. We got to have you back uh, right up until, well, right through your whole, uh, the rest of your life as Hennepin County Sheriff. Yeah. How long would you be the sheriff? Four years. Can you be eight years? Does it, it have term limits? Yeah, well, uh, four-year term and no term limits. So. Oh, okay, interesting. Oh, so you can be for yeah. a long time. How about Reverend Jai beating the hell out of crime? <laughs> I love it. Huh? Works for me. Okay, I think that's thinking. a new yard sign right there. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
And then on the poster, you pointing, and it says, let me exercise the demons out of your neighborhood. Well, maybe I'll huh? just have Reverend Christopher on the yard side mm-hmm. with my name. Well, Works if you for want me. to, I guess. <laughs> oh, cop, the priest duo? That sounds pretty exciting. Sounds like a new CBS a TV show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one's a cop, one's a mm-hmm. priest. <laughs> All right. Together, they're holy hell. We have to take a break here. we got the second hour coming up with the family, the Tom Bernard Podcast.